Hi, and welcome to this new episode of The Light Leaders. Today, it's a bit different because I was actually invited to my friend Robert's podcast. And we went into a deep conversation for two hours. So if you want to learn more about me and about him, we started with food, but we went into consciousness and relationships and what we think and feel about these topics. Well, enjoy the conversation. So again, it was recorded for his channel, but I decided to publish it here. Enjoy. And if you want to support, of course, you can like, share and subscribe. Welcome. Welcome to my home and welcome to the space. Really appreciate you being here. Super looking forward to our conversation. There are so many things currently that are alive in me and so many topics that really fascinate me. And I want to quickly uh, share the story how we how we got to know each other, which is only a week ago, I think. <laughs> I know we're here studying a podcast and recording together. A week ago, um, Alec, a good friend of, of yours, um, he reached out to me um, on Telegram a couple of months ago. And then we started texting and... Um, last week he invited me to your place and then we spent a nice nice day together and I remember one situation where um, I just arrived and then we were standing standing in the kitchen and I was I was drinking my green juice and then you joined us and uh, uh, munching on a, on a dragon fruit and Alec was preparing his uh, papaya smoothie and then we were talking about like nutrition and fasting and at the same time about uh, building a community and entrepreneurship and it was just like the energy was just just flowing and these are the the conversations that i that i really appreciate and that i want to have more more often and i from the first minute on i felt like such a strong resonance and felt like we are on the we are on, on such a similar journey together um creating all these beautiful things and at the same time seeing ourselves as a as a as a as a vessel for the for the change that wants to mm -hmm. come into this world and um, I really appreciate that. And now with you sitting here and uh, recording this episode together, that makes me grateful. So yeah, thank you for that. Thank you for our connection. It's just unfolding and looking forward to everything that will emerge out of that. Welcome. Thank you so much, Robert. And uh, yeah, it's been a joy to meet with you about a week ago. And I remember uh, being amazed at how much we have in common. Mm -hmm. I think when we are in a certain space and state of consciousness, it's it, it's easier sometimes to meet someone. And of, even though you've just met them a week ago, there's a feeling of familiarity because we're connected to that oneness and it's easier to recognize, I find. And I find that with many people, but sometimes you have a feeling of oneness, but not necessarily of um, similarity. Well, with you, it was, oh, we have so much in common. Yeah. I remember we started talking about nutrition and uh, I was like, oh, are you vegan? Oh, you're all vegan. Interesting. And then you asked me, um, what's your human design? Yeah. And I told you, guess. Yeah. I said projector. Like, yeah. <laughs> you got it. And which then, year were you born? Yeah. I see, bam. And all that you, both 33. And, and, and then, and then. You invited me to your Telegram channel and I invited you to my Telegram yeah. channel. 
And then I thought I could be on your podcast and you could be on my podcast. And we almost eat, community. And we almost eat this, uh, ate the same amount of bananas. <laughs> it had some fun thing. <laughs> so yeah. Uh, I also came to your your place with my banana. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> when it creeped through <laughs> vegan. Italian. So yeah, it's been amazing to see uh, get to know you but also see those similarities and made me really curious. Cool, cool. Um, as I already said to you, like when I when I do a podcast, I don't like prepare any topics. I just I just want to see where the where the energy is and where the flow uh, might lead us. Um, one thing that I'm very very curious, and I think that could be a nice starting point. Um, one of the topics that fascinate me the most, and where I'm doing a lot of experiments right, right now, um, is the topic or is the question of how can I how can I nourish my body in a way that um, makes it very easy for me to be in, in such a high energy state and in such a vibrancy um, where like all the things that want to flow through me, that want to manifest through me can just can just like manifest. And I don't I don't I don't interrupt the flow of, of energy, which we do so much um, through um, not living in a way that's really aligned and that's really like how nature intended um, intended our our bodies to be like, and um, you just finished your twelve um, day water fasting, right? Mm. Where was that? Fourteen days. Fourteen day. Fourteen. By the way, that's a very Bali interview. <laughs> I have my coconut in front of the banana tree. <laughs> that was delicious. <laughs> Yeah, 14 days. 14 days. Yeah. When was that? When did you finish? About a month ago. A month, yeah. I um I dove into the topic of fasting quite a lot over the past years. Since 2010, 13 years ago, I started eating eating vegan and I started eating raw vegan. There was a period in between where I was not raw. Uh, I just turned raw vegan again three months ago, I think. There was, there was actually eight years that I ate like maybe 50% cooked food and three months ago I had this epiphany of why did I sacrifice my truth all these years it doesn't make any sense look at my energy level look at how I feel right now after only like nourishing my body with these with these like pure vibrant whole whole fruits and and veggies and nuts and I was just a game changer and yeah uh, over the over this like whole uh, almost one and a half decades I I did a lot of like fasting intervals but I didn't do uh, two weeks of, of water fasting yet. How was how was the whole experience for you? How would you describe that? Yeah, it was smoother than I thought. Uh, also a bit more boring than I thought. Mm -hmm. was quite fine for the body. Uh, the body was very weak and tired and rested a lot, but that's how... There's different schools of water fasting, but the intention I had for this was an intention of healing and on resting the body. Almost to the point that if you stimulate the body through doing all the things like work and going around being busy, you actually stop the detoxification process. So my intention was to rest a lot. Mm -hmm. um, and the, but, so the body was weak, but overall pretty fine. But I wanted to do only 10 days. Mm -hmm. And I noticed that I could go longer. So I went 14 days. And the trade-off, my 
mind did with my body is my mind was saying, okay, we can go longer than 14 days, but let's do a little bit more activities. Let's watch more videos. Let's be more online. Let's talk more to people because the hardest part was the boredom. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, also, I'd, I feel that the body could have continued, but I've, um, I've dived a lot into fasting and I've watched hundreds of hours of content. Mm. So, uh, I mean, nowhere an expert, but I definitely got enough for myself to understand a bit what I was doing for 14 days. But I felt even if I felt good, my max before was five days. So I thought it was enough. Um, I might, like if I wanted to do more, I probably would have wanted supervision mm-hmm. then. And I also, you know, for anyone listening, um, I think it's good to have supervision in general. Here, I educated myself so much that I felt comfortable to go to 14 days by myself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think it was not the first time that you did that, right? I did uh, twice five days before. Five days. Yeah. But it's still quite a bit more. Yeah. 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 And I think there's a, How about you? There, there's a huge, huge difference between um, only drinking water compared to what I did most... Uh, Most of the times when I was fasting, I was uh, still drinking uh, drinking coconut water and drinking juices, like cold-pressed juices. And I did that for like 10 days, 12 days, 14 days. Yeah. And it was basically like I didn't I didn't feel so much. It was mainly like normal life because yeah. you were still drinking around three liters of, of fresh juice, like one in the morning, one in, at noon, yeah. and one in the one in the evening. And I was I was working, I was running my business. So it was it was it was not like with this attention that that you had of I want to really give my body the time to to purify to detox. It was more like hey, over the past weeks I ate a lot of crap, not like crap in the in the sense that I ate crap when I was 17, but like mm-hmm. vegan crap. And uh, I felt like oh, I want to I give my body a little bit of break. Okay, like too much cashew cheese. Yeah, cashew cheese and uh, vegan pizza and all these nice things. Um, and uh, yeah, then I did like this juice fasting and I always liked that a lot because yeah. it was very, very easily to fit that into your day-to-day mm-hmm. routine. Technically, some people wouldn't even say that juice fasting is the correct words. Of, like in the pure sense, fasting is a restriction yeah. of calories. Yeah. So some people call it juice feasting, some pictures are <laughs> more funny or just cleanse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but it's true that technically fasting, you, d- you no, don't have no the calories. Eating. Yeah, no food. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like like yeah. when you get juice, you get calories. Yeah. So you get more energy. Yeah. Um, then in fasting, some people keep, I don't know, having tea or coffee or things that are very, very low calories, but that still give energy. Yeah. Personally, I went for just water, meaning... Yeah. Um, I didn't have salt. I didn't have lemon in my water. Yeah. I didn't have any supplement. I already just had water. Got it. Got it. Got it. And what would you say? Like, what were the the biggest um, outcomes that you that you sense? Like, um, was it was it worth it? Like, when you look back into the two weeks of of boredom and just just I hope it was home. I hope it was. I mean. Sh- Boredom's already worth it. Um, you know, we meditate. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, try to do two hours a day. I think you're pretty dedicated too. And there's um, there's medicine in the boredom mm. and getting away from all the stimulation. So in that way, it was a retreat, yeah. and I came back refreshed, yeah. a bit like if I did a vipassana retreat. Yeah. 
Um, then I'm rebuilding the body. So after one month, um, I'm back to almost the weight before. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm tracking the fat and the muscle. So I'll release a documentary on it. Cool. And if you released or you will? Release? I will. Okay, nice. Uh, in a week or two, because I want to include a month of rebuilding. Uh, epic. Because to me, the fast isn't the two weeks of drinking water. It's the two weeks of drinking water. The one week of mm. refilling slowly. Mm. And also the months of rebuilding the body and staying on the... So I could be more strict on what I eat. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, I think... Um, I think it's a beautiful experience. I, I, for me, it feels totally worth it. I've learned from it about myself, about my body, about my mind. Uh, I feel super healthy. And um, I need a little bit more time to see like, oh, like, do I feel so much better? Do I feel so much stronger? Uh, I'm back to kind of the same eating, which is a lot of fruits and a big salad, uh, usually. And I came back to working out almost every day. So I feel good. And but we'll see over the long term. I also released, um, so that's going to be part of my uh, documentary for the people who want it. Uh, I mean, I don't show the graphics or anything, but on day 12, I did an enema. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, I didn't do any enema, but I could feel some buildup of material in my colon, mm -hmm. even though I was only drinking water. And I really start on day 12. And so I feel I've let go of some things and I, I have some statistics about my visceral fat that I calculated that show for that. So, yeah, I think it's been very beneficial. And I think um, in a year or two, I'll probably, I'll probably go 21 days. Mm -hmm. I'm also interested um, in living more pranic lifestyle and eating less, which is not where I'm at at the moment. I'm more like um, eating a lot the raw vegan. But that's where I'm at. And at the same time, I've noticed in our community, that's why I'm really interested in, in your experience mm -hmm. too, uh, Robert, because I'm only like five years mainly vegan and then two years mainly raw vegan. But I've seen a lot of people who do like two or three years in a row and they're like, oh, this is the best. And they've seen the light. Mm. Uh, that's the way to go. And then one year later, it's like, oh, I was malnourished. Mm -hmm. And that's the people who then keep sending me things about why veganism doesn't work. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I'm sure you have yeah. a lot of that yeah. around you too. So, yeah, I'd, yeah, I'd yeah. Be, so let's say where I'm at, my mind is like, yeah, that's the past. That's the thing. I'll do longer fast. Keep eating super pure, even reduce the quantity, go more pranic. It looks very clear. But from experience, some people were like this in that consciousness, and you meet them one or two years later, and they're different. So after two years doing that, I don't want to draw conclusions too much. Sure. I'm, I'm interested uh, yeah. how it's been for you being so long on, yeah. on, on this. Yeah. Uh, Actually, It's so interesting. I, I totally agree with you. Especially like there are some, there are some like big influencers in the in the like vegan or in the raw vegan sphere, and they are really like this is the path. And then you see a video, and they say like, oh no, uh, I changed my mind, and now I eat like yeah, like Kim uh, Chief, you know, or Robert Kassar. Yeah, yeah. Like people who were like yeah. swearing by it. Yeah, yeah. And I'm I'm always wondering like. But yeah, everybody is on everybody is on their journey, and I totally respect that. But um, what for me lies underneath all of that, so I'm not dogmatic into like any particular eating regime that you need to follow. But for me, what lies underneath, and this is something that I 
sensed from the beginning on was that the more the more lightly and the more the more water water based like my food is the better i feel yeah. this is for me this is for me the the basic the basic assumption the more processed and the more dense food is yeah. the more um the more energy it requires for digestion mm. and the the worse i feel that's 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 for me that's for me the the, the underlying assumption so that means when I eat a watermelon, I feel more more energized compared to eating the cashew cheese. Even though the cashew cheese is nice from time to time, and, but even the even the cashew cheese for me and my body like feels better than eating the uh, the candy bar because the candy bar is way more processed. And from 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 the from the pure state of like harvesting something from nature to the point where you actually consume that, maybe that took like weeks or months or maybe it, it it stayed on the shelf for even like yeah. years because it's so processed so i really feel that um the higher the water color uh, content and the the less the less um process the less less processing the foods um un, under under when the the better i feel I, I love that you're bringing um how you feel because like there's always the mind and the body so for me a lot of it really makes sense in my mind but then in the body, it can take a little bit more time and observation. And actually, one of the big benefits of the fast was to test food one after the other again and have an inner standing and an embodied experience mm. of what works for me and what doesn't work for me. Mm. So, for example, some people say, oh, tomatoes, they're nightshades, they're not good for you because then I haven't dived so much into the nightshades reason. But after my fast... When I had tomatoes, like a meal of tomatoes, it felt amazing. Mm. And I almost ha have tomatoes every day since then. Mm. And I can feel that um, it's, yeah, that it's something that works well, at least mm. for my body. Mm. And you can, I, I would be all the reasons. Quick story about tomatoes. Yeah. It's so interesting that you brought them up because um, <laughs> I, uh, one of the first things after switching raw vegan was, uh, it's, you won't, you won't consider it as a fast, but it was a kind of. I did uh, Banana Island. Are you familiar with that? Only only eating bananas, okay. like nothing else. I did it for... Yeah. I, I call it a cleanse. A cleanse, yeah. A banana. But it was a, actually like 30 bananas a day. So it, <laughs> it was a lot of calories. Maybe like between 25 and 30, 30 bananas. I did that for a week because I saw some YouTubers yeah, do it. like a mono fruit. It's yeah. And and it was it was a nice experience. But the I had like one craving the whole week. And the one craving was, I want tomatoes, I want tomatoes, I want tomatoes, because it was so sweet, like, everything was so sweet, and I was trying to mix between, like, eating bananas like this, then making a smoothie, then making some ice cream, but I always, like, ah, oh, I was craving the tomato, and then I, when I broke my cleanse, the first thing I had was a tomato, and it tasted so good, <laughs> so I can really understand. <laughs> I love tomatoes as well, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, for me, the, the underlying assumption is, like, uh, as much water as, pos as possible, and that's why... Um, I think you you're familiar with Hilton Hotima's work as well, right? Yeah, yeah. You 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 wrote the Man's Higher Consciousness, and um, that's a book. I I quickly want to share the story how, how I got to how I got uh, to that because it's it's it totally exemplifies how life really works. There was one day um, where I uh, went to Ubud, like the closest the closest closest city, close to where you live. 
Um, I sat on my scooter and I was like, oh, I want to go to a restaurant. I want to have some nice dinner. Where do I want to go? And actually, I wanted to go to Sayuri's first because they have my, my favorite raw vegan dish like on the whole world. It's a raw vegan salmon sandwich. It's so amazing. And I wanted to go there. But then I had just the epiphany. No, let's not go there. Let's go to Seeds of Life. Seeds of Life is a uh, full raw vegan restaurant. And I was like, why? Because this, they have my favorite, they have my favorite, favorite dish. But I was like, no, let's go there. And I was, okay, I, I go there. And then I just sit there and I was ordering some food and then I went to the toilet. And then on the toilet of this restaurant, the inside of the toilet door um, is uh, is covered with uh, with uh, ec- with an excerpt of a book. Um and then I started reading. Uh, it's it, like the quality is like really old, really yellow. It's difficult to read. But I was I was I was there, and I was really really intrigued because there were, were some words like uh, that the body doesn't need uh, needs, doesn't need food, and it, that that eating is an acquired habit. And I was like, In- interesting branding for restaurant. Oh yeah, I was like, okay, that I never heard. I never heard about that. Okay, that's that sounds kind of weird, and at the same time, that sounds kind of interesting. And um, then I went outside and I asked the staff, uh, what is what is this, what kind of book is that? Can you can you help me with that? And they were like, ah, oh, no, we don't know, we don't know, we don't know. And I was like, yeah, okay. But then uh, one of the staff members came and said, actually, uh, the owner of the of this place is, is, is here. He's, he's next door. You can ask the owner, maybe he will know it. And then I went there and uh, I was talking to the owner and I asked him and he said, it's, uh, it's Hilton Rotima mm-hmm. um, and it's an excerpt of... Uh, the facts of nutrition and he actually said um when you're interested in that start with man's higher consciousness that's like his his like standard standard work and uh he said it's it's maybe a a little bit difficult to to get this book but you will you will find it can highly recommend it to you and then a little bit of like a couple of days passed and i almost didn't remember this and then i was i was sitting on my couch one evening and I was like, oh, let's check this book out he recommended uh, to me. And then I discovered that the Man's Higher Consciousness is available on Audible as well. And I downloaded it as an, as an audiobook and I started listening. And uh, it's basically built around this thesis of or this 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 question of what what does our body really need in order to thrive? Mm. And that most of the things that are um that are told that uh, that we get told by like mainstream media and science and everything that our body needs maybe it doesn't need that and maybe it needs other things that nobody really talks about and i was really intrigued because it opened a new frontier for me on my quest of real like ideal nourishment and um and then i dove into this book and um yeah and that's why i'm like i'm so so like in awe for the for the for the magic of how life works because if i if i if i haven't gone to to seeds of life instead i wouldn't have discovered this book and i wouldn't have learned all these things and still i'm uh, i'm experimenting i'm not like okay this is the truth and uh, but i'm uh, i'm really 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 trying to trying to make sense of that for me and to experiment and then the owner was there if the owner w- wouldn't have been there i wouldn't have discovered mm-hmm. the book and yeah um and why i'm telling the story because what he proposes is that um, the the lighter we eat, um, and he, he even says like in the in the in the in the ultimate state, um, the body is not intended to eat at all. 
Um, and you can argue about that, and we are both not there yet. We can we, we don't have any firsthand experiences, and will be a fun 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 journey to 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 test and to experiment and to see where that leads us. But I strongly feel that the the less I eat and the higher water content my food is, um, and the more I do those like fasting or cleansing episodes, the better I feel. And um, that this hey, your body needs 2,500 calories and your body needs like this amount of uh, carbohydrates and this amount of fats and this amount of proteins. I'm starting to question those more and more and more and more. And I'm super curious what you think um, or what is your what is your um, explanation? Why, is, why, is, why are those fasting episodes, um, why are they so beneficial for our body mm. even though everybody thinks, hey, you need this and this and this and and it's it's so crazy every time my body doesn't feel good because i had a long flight or i ate something that is not good for you i immediately have this urge to eat less or to not eat at all and you see that with animals as well if they are sick or i see that with my son sometimes when he's not feeling well he's not hungry and uh, we we have this natural this natural pull towards reducing our food intake um, when we sense that there is some healing necessary and still society tells us you need this and this and this and that, that this is something that somehow th doesn't fit together. What, what is your take on that? Yeah, it's almost like um, there's two paradigms for me. There's where fasting fits. There's a paradigm of the physical and the number of calories where we need food to live. But at the same time, um, in that paradigm, you can still fast for weeks and have amazing benefits. And then you have the most um, spiritual Brazilian paradigm where fasting can be a training towards not eating food to live and living on prana. So there are almost two different ways to, to fast. Life. Yeah. 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 And you have some fasting um, experts kind of who have their retreats, I follow a lot of Lauren Lockman, I've had him on my podcast. Um, I know this like Alan Goldhammer, there's a lot of people who have clinics where you fast to heal. And in that case, usually a paradigm is, in theory, most humans can't fast, go on water for like six or seven weeks mm -hmm. before then the body starts eating itself and you start starving. So there's a paradigm. And usually in these clinics, they don't go up normally as far as six or seven and unless you have like a lot of body fat the record i think is 380 days in that paradigm well um obviously in the breath and paradigm it would be <laughs> different yeah uh and but usually people go like in loren lotman center the average is 26 days mm -hmm. on water mm -hmm. which seems crazy mm -hmm. and that's in a physical paradigm where he thinks if you keep going at some point you starve and you mm -hmm. die um yeah, so in that way, it's beneficial to, to cleanse, get rid of old mucus or all things. And that's the paradigm I'm at at the moment. I'm very open-minded to the Brazilian paradigm because I think anyway, everything around this construct and reality comes from mind and consciousness. And, and so ultimately, I think anything is possible. Um, but I also think there's no rush and that we're in a specific timeline with specific natural laws that can evolve mm. through consciousness, but that also can be changed just like this. Mm -hmm. I've tried. Mm. Levitate now. 
and 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 that's perfect um so i think through this lifetime we'll see a lot of uh through i, I believe the planet is ascending and i believe we'll go more to that um more Bretonian paradigm where it doesn't mean necessarily we totally stop eating but where we get very energized by things like breathing and the sun and it, where we eat more pleasure let's call it uh, yeah Bretonian or pranic uh, I think the official definition of Bretonian is someone who ne who doesn't need to eat or to eat very little mm -hmm. which is a very subjective definition but let's say it's not about like getting a badge or something, but just feeling internally that your um, what well, is almost two layers is the emotional and the physical. But to me, first, like to bring it back where I'm at now, I want to eat, have more, let's say, control of a high eat and not feel like I numb anything when I eat. And I think I could eat way less doing that. And then, yeah, I'm interested to see how my body can shift towards um, getting more energy with less. Mm -hmm. But I'm also in no rush. So, yeah, it's, it, it feels like it's stepping stones, but that as the uh, frequencies are changing, that uh, we might, things might come in our consciousness, like, oh, maybe we'll have a new friend, he comes and is. He's uh, pranic mainly, and it, uh, it's an apple every day, and he's ripped and strong, and, and that's going to change our reality. Yeah. Yeah. I'm open yeah. to that, but I think the next few years are more stabilizing my raw vegan, kind of fruit and healthy. I'm very happy like this. Mm -hmm. I, I, I want to share one or two uh, stories from, from Hilton Otema's book. I just uh, picked it up this morning, um, and it's so crazy there was one there was one study they did um with um with worms and they uh um like separated the group like one group was like eating regularly and the other one uh they put them on regular fasts so they were eating and then there were fasting periods and then they were eating and the the second group that fasted regularly lived when i when i read that i was like so insane they outlived the first group 19 to 1. So oh, wow. 19 generations of regular eating worms uh, passed, like their birth, and died, and birthed, and died, until like the other group died. So that would mean like when you, when you, when you multiply like the average human lifespan in the Western world of around 80 years, that would mean like humans living for 1,500 years <laughs> just because of yeah. regular fasting. And of course, that's like worms, and we are humans, and but well, but that's the case also in in books like uh, Il Tom or Temas is we're also meant to live a thousand, like thousands of years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's it. Uh, his, his basic his basic um, theory is like that early humans when they were breatharians and they were not eating at all, they lived for thousands or even tens of thousands of years. And this is something that for our minds is not is not graspable. It's like okay, how how can that be? And that shows us probably how far away we are from living like in a real natural in a natural state it's quite graspable for my mind like when i listen to uh man's higher consciousness yeah I was like yeah that makes sense yeah what not for you in a, in a way i was rem i was reminded of 
a potential truth. And at the same time, I was like, how does that fit into this world that I'm living in right now? Okay, I'm sorry. We, I have a son, he's 18 months. How does it like, will I have like hundreds of children over my lifetime or will they grow so old as well? And how will that work? And that basically changes changes everything that changes how you live because you when you when you think about okay maybe I'm, I'm living like thousands of years there's no rush there's there's no no like i need to do anything now because you have like so much time and it's it's for me it was really a reminder of okay put that in your current life circumstances what would change what what would need to change and yeah. uh and that was a that was a that was a, a nice mental experiment um so yeah Yeah, and he even says like that uh, that and and he shares he shares a lot of a lot of stories in the in the book of people who were like 200, 300 years old and so on. And um, I was not super deep into this topic of longevity before. And uh, for me, I always since I started eating raw vegan, I had this feeling of I will not die at 80. Mm. Um, but there was more like okay, maybe I will be a hundred or a hundred and ten, something like this. That was that was like my my realm in which I lived, but this, yeah, like yeah. blew everything, and uh, it it opened it opened a lot of perspectives, and I found that very interesting. Yeah, it was quite a mind bending book in that way. I mean, yeah. it's interesting because, um, like, as I'm really interested also in longevity but at the same time when you really go deep spiritually like you become aware of your immortality mm. right and that death as a transition so even longevity like how, how much does this body mind changes over time what, what do we mean by it and um and so i almost feel that i don't know for me i'm open to both let's, mm. let's put it this way I have no attachment to this body and mind complex needed to keep growing more and more because um, because I might be excited about what's next too. <laughs> uh, at the same time, for now, I'm very happy in it. And if you ask me, I'd be like, yeah, I'd love to do 10,000 years. Yeah. 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 And, um, and so I think uh, if life shows me opportunities to meet people so my consciousness tunes into the timeline mm. of living hundreds of years, thousands of years, it feels attractive to me. Mm -hmm. And ultimately, again, I think, um, I think we've been brethren before and we'll be, we'll have all the times of being mm. brethren after, whether it's in this specific incarnation or not. And that makes, that makes it possible. Mm -hmm. And that also makes, that it makes it potentially attractive, but there's no attachment to our yeah. it too. So, yeah. um, I think it's quite easy to fall into a new dogma, like yeah. uh, especially you see that a lot in the vegan or in the raw vegan scene, and people are like, okay, this is like the holy grail, and you you, you can you can have the same the same attitude mm -hmm. towards breatharianism, and you can you can really judge judge yourself for oh no now I ate too much or I ate the take the cashew uh, the cashew cheese or whatever, and I think it's really easy for all these different. Um, like beautiful directions of nourishing your body, but it's very easy to fall into some kind of eating disorders and judge yourself because this is good and this is not good. And this, I, I really like your your mm. playful and experimental attitude and see, okay, 
I don't know what will emerge. Let's yeah. let's figure it out. Let's figure it out. But no pressure. Also, even if all this like living thousands of years seems very like could seem very spiritual and ungrounded and these kind of things, even in a more like scientific paradigm um, of let's say the the more mainstream uh, beliefs are really important and placebo effects are real. Yeah. So I, I do believe that you know I have my the things that attract me more to eat and that I believe in general serve more health of um, this timeline, mm -hmm. which are more, more raw, more fruits. And at the same time, I believe so important what you think about what you eat that I'm not surprised that some people get very satisfied. And I used to be one of them mm -hmm. uh, eating something that we would consider junk food. Yeah. And in the end, be a UFC champion or yeah. a professional so soccer player, you know, mm -hmm. while some... Uh, people who are obsessed about what they eat and try to do it perfectly end up, I mean, that's one thing that's quite common around the cliche around raw vegans, that yeah. they're weak and yeah. have deficiency yeah. and all that. And munching on their carrots and being like miserable because they only eat carrots all day. <laughs> yeah. I just want to share 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 a story um, because you just uh, just mentioned like professional athletes. Um, um, parallel to me Diving into into Hilton Otima's book, I watched um, I watched a documentary um, on Netflix about uh, the football team of FC Barcelona, mm -hmm. and um, they they like the whole season. The team was documented, like of course, playing their matches, but as well like in the locker room and then uh, training and uh, and and having meals together and mm. coaching and like everything. And I really really enjoy these this format. Um, but I found it so interesting. I saw these players, like what they what they were eating before matches, and it was it was like so much meat and so much like potatoes, and it was it it was really like really dense food. Something that I, when I would imagine eating that and then going on the pitch and playing for 90 minutes and trying to win the Champions League, I would not be possible. I would not be able to do that because my body would not thrive on that. And I was I was wondering. How can they, like they are at the top of their game, eat in such a way? And then I was again like reading Notema's work, and I, the the thought crossed my mind: Okay, what if more and more people would be switching into the new paradigm? Like, which effect could that have on professional sports? And I was like, okay, imagine somebody completely crushing like everything uh, everybody is believing in at age fifty-eight, becoming a professional football player after being on the Breatharian journey for 20 years and then having a 40-year career until age 98 and then quitting professional soccer playing, not because of, like, he's too old and he's he's not bringing it anymore, but because, like, okay, uh, now I want to do something different with my life and I'm, I'm quitting, even though I'm still, like, really competitive, really, really good. And this thought really intrigued me because it, because it, it opens your perspective and it crushes, like, every... Every every perceived limit, especially in professional sports, when you're like in your mid twenties already. Okay, now you need to like really go for it the next years because then your career will be over and you need to build your build your brand because uh, you want to you want to earn some money afterwards and so on and so on. What if you could become a professional athlete at age 58? Who knows? Who knows? And um, that was really fascinating. And of course, I I don't have any answers yet. But I feel that so much more is possible 
when we completely question the way how we nourish our bodies. Yeah. Let's 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 see. Let's see. Yeah. But why do you think are so many people who are into like high performance and sports and so on so not conscious of their of their of, of the way they eat mm -hmm. I, I find that's I, find, I, I, I can't understand that because for me when I question one area of my life I always tend to question all the other areas and check in okay this is this is not an alignment okay I need to question here and here and here and here but um, yeah and, 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 and at the same time there are more and more cases of like vegan athletes and yeah, there's beautiful documentaries yeah. about that and I think you you interviewed a couple of couple of those faults uh, as well, right? So with Game Changers? Game Changers, yeah. yeah. Um, can't remember if... I, I've watched it a while ago, so I can't yeah. remember exactly. But um, yeah, it's interesting that we see more and more of these athletes, but at the same time, it's still not the main. Yeah. And I, I've had the same questions. Yeah. Um, whether it's too early and too little people. Mm -hmm. So that, that would be the, my main explanation is that... Um, I think we forget how extreme we look mm. to the rest of mm. the mainstream world. Like already being vegan mm. is less and less, but it used to be very extreme and it's still quite extreme. I come from Paris, it's like when I stopped smoking, it was extreme. Okay. <laughs> then you, it's like, uh, God, not even have a cup of cigarettes. That seems pretty extreme to me. <laughs> and, and so raw, it's, it's like, there's very, very few people. Like if I think of my you know, a thousand people I would know in from my first, I don't know, 25, 23 years in Paris. I mean, uh, yeah, maybe three are vegans and one are vegans, you know. And But for us, because our consciousness yeah. is into it, we, yeah. we're more in it. But it's yeah. undeniable though, that it's more and more. Uh, more vegan restaurants, more that, more vegan athletes. So, um, yeah, we'll see. But... Um, Maybe uh, maybe women to be the first red iron bodybuilders. Be amazing. That would be imagine like uh, what what really really intrigues me are these are these stories of people who are with one leg still in the mainstream and with one leg in the in the new paradigm. Mm. When I um, that was I I I I got I got goosebumps when I. Um, listen to a podcast episode by Aubrey Marcus. He was like one of my favorite podcasts. I mm. need to enjoy it a lot. And he interviewed um, Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is the, um, I think two or three years in a row, he was the MVP of the of, of, of the NFL, like the American Football League. And he was the best player and he was winning. Like he was the big star like in, in football, like Lionel Messi. And in this podcast episode, he talked openly about his uh, ayahuasca journey and all the transformations that he's undergoing uh, right now. And then he did a he did a one week in darkness retreat and really like I, I see this man on top of his game and he's so spiritual and so connected and so like open to the new paradigm. Mm. And somebody like him talking publicly about these topics, I think that has such a tremendous effect because it's yeah. possible to 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 awaken so many people compared to some like weird person somewhere in the jungle doing some things where everybody in the mainstream is like okay that's a little bit off but i i feel it's it's more and more coming and yeah it's, it's perfect it's um the teamwork of consciousness because maybe that person in the jungle has a 
2,000 subscribers. Yeah. But maybe uh, that guy, Aaron Rodgers, yeah. maybe he's watching that guy's YouTube video. Yeah. And then it becomes the bridge for millions of people doing it in a more balanced way. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, I feel perfect. I feel the same with Hilton Otima. Like nobody, nobody, nobody like knows him. His books on Amazon have like three ratings or, or something. Yeah. Um, but it's it's important to to spread to spread these messages and building building the bridge. And I think like yeah. podcasting, social media can be a nice can be a nice tool for that. It's it's really interesting when people talk about like extremes or not or balanced you know yeah. because most people uh, would consider themselves always balanced mm-hmm. i think i'm balanced because I, compared to someone who's more on the brethian pass yeah. i eat a lot <laughs> yeah i'm more around like my macros i might still get some protein and get drops of b12 or this kind of yeah. things um but of course to many people i'm already super extreme like yeah. because they would think a vegetarian is extreme so we all, like, and in our consciousness, generally debalance, <laughs> like the perfect balance. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's it's always this dance of you are in your, like, in your center of gravity. Something is feels normal for you. You feel in balance. And then you do one experiment and you do one tiny shift and you do mm-hmm. go on a water fast or you try leaning more towards raw or you get your groceries at the organic farmer's market and not at the supermarket. You do a small shift and that feels like, oh, crazy and interesting and fascinating and at the same time challenging. How do I do that? And uh, it's interesting. After after I went back to raw vegan again and then I dove into Notima's work and I started drinking juices more and more. Although I was eating less, um, I like nutrition played a bigger role in my life because I still needed to figure things out because before it was an autopilot. Okay, I got the poke bowl for, for dinner and everything, yeah. the smoothie bowl for, for, for breakfast. It was just like autopilot. And then I made a change and that required more like headspace and more capacity and more figuring out and more trying. And okay, a couple of days ago, uh, last, last time we met, we had this conversation. I found that so beautiful um, that uh, we had we, we ordered food from nice raw vegan raw vegan restaurant and then like the whole table was full of food and everybody was oh my god and then you said oh that's nice but my I like my salad more <laughs> like because you you sense that the the more clean and the more simple you eat the better you feel yeah. and then um a couple of days ago I think it was two two days ago my son was with me here um I uh, I was lying in bed in the evening for dinner. I had uh, I had coconut meat, um, so um, like really clean dinner. But I but the 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 coconut meat of coconuts they were quite quite mature, so the meat was pretty pretty intense, really fatty. Yeah, and I ate a lot of it because I liked it so much. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I was lying in bed and I was feeling really ooh, because compared to when I usually eat like really really watery maybe for dinner only only papaya or only juices the coconut meat was quite a big ask for my digestion i was lying in bed and i i didn't have i didn't have a lot of energy and i was really tired after dinner and the next morning i woke up and was like Ugh. and at the same time it was such such a beautiful experience at the same time my son was lying next to me and during the whole night like every half an hour or every hour he woke up and he was crying and he was not feeling well because of for 
for for breakfast when we were in the in the in the kitchen together i was choosing and he always reached out to the dates and he wanted to have the leans and he, he loves the dates so much and from time to time i give him some dates but mostly i i i i i look that he's eating like more whole fruits and not so many dried things but he also wanted the dates and the dates and in the past i ate a lot of dates as well and uh, he really really ate quite a quite a quite a bunch of it And he was not feeling well because of having eaten so many dates and me because of the coconut meat. And then I, I zoomed out and I imagine like telling this story to like ordinary human beings. And they are, okay, that's like only dates or only coconut meat. That's, that's so far out of the, out of the, like the normality uh, of people who are having like me <laughs> in the past, uh, just like uh, cereal and, uh, and milk and uh, pancakes for breakfast or whatever. I had this uh, cheat meal of steamed carrot. <laughs> <laughs> and these, these conversations, they are like so hilarious when you compare that to, to where most people are at. And at the same time, I find it so beautiful because I realize, okay, my body gives me, gives me really clear directions. Okay, for dinner, don't eat so late. Don't eat so like uh, dense food eat more lightly and then yesterday for dinner i had only jackfruit yeah. and when i went to bed i was still feeling like energized this morning i was woke up at 6 a.m before my son i sit in meditation before he woke up and i was feeling like oh my god i'm the king of the world i have a question though how much do you think it could also be linked to your belief that you had eaten too much coconut meat um actually not because i didn't have this belief okay in this evening i was like oh be because i think The day before, for dinner, I had all sorts of nuts and then raw sweet potato and this and that. And I was eating like many things that I found in the kitchen. Raw sweet potato? Raw sweet potato, yeah. yeah. And um, actually, I like the taste of raw sweet potato. Have, you haven't tried it? No. It's good. It's really, it's, it's, it's the better carrot. It's amazing. Um, and this evening before, when I had like almonds and sweet potato and this and this and that, um, I was not feeling good the next morning and I woke up and was like, okay, today only, only mono meals. Uh, and today I will have only coconut meat for dinner and I will feel amazing. Okay. But I didn't feel amazing. So I think it's not a belief thing, but there is such thing as a, mm -hmm. as a placebo. I totally, I totally agree on that. But, um, it's always an invitation to, um, to sense into your body and to, that, that's the best indicator for me. Like what really energizes you? There is a big inconvenience though of the eating watery fruits is you need to pee. Right? <laughs> you cannot sleep to go. No, you, yeah. I need to pee, right? You need to pee. Go, go, <laughs> go. Let's, let's do a pee, right? <laughs> do you drink water? Because I know some like more fruitarians do. Don't drink. Um, that's a good question. Um, right now, I only drink coconut water mm -hmm. um, because of the two juices I, I, I drink. Because... I have no space for water in my day yeah. because I'm I'm having uh, one coconut in the morning. I share that with my son. Like he is having 300 milliliters and I am having six, seven hundred, whatever is, is left. And then one coconut in the evening. And then during the day, I have these like two big juices, one red juice with coconut and carrot and so on in the morning and then the green juice later. And then in the afternoon, some fruits and I don't want to eat. And yeah. it's it's so interesting that you ask this question because When I transitioned to raw vegan back in 2010, I don't know where, but in some book, I read that when you transition to raw vegan, 
it's not necessary to drink water. And then I didn't drink any water for, I think, two years or something. I, I was living in Germany. I didn't drink even coconut water. Mm -hmm. So I was only having these like fruits and veggies and I was feeling perfectly fine without drinking anything. And then I met a, uh, I, I met a woman and she, uh, she was eating raw vegan as well. And she asked me, oh, so you drink any, you don't drink any water? But it's very important to drink water. And I didn't even question that because she was like an authority in this field. And then I started drinking water again. Um, and But now I realized, but yeah, coconut water is but the household for you. Uh, at the moment, I still drink water when I feel like it. Obviously, if I have like three coconuts in the day, mm -hmm. I definitely don't feel the need for it mm -hmm. um, and eat fruits. But um, there's moments when coconut water feels too sweet. Yeah. What you shared with the bananas and the tomatoes. Sometimes I'm like, I don't want coconut water right yeah, yeah. now. I just want water. So yeah. I listen to the body and sometimes it feels really good to get water, especially if I work out more, I sweat yeah. more. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. And like, yeah. Last week I played football with the locals and then I drank one and a half liters of water because I just needed to like refill for all the sweating. But let's, let's dive into this topic for a second. Um, I think most people are not aware of the quality of their water. Mm-hmm. Um, especially in, like in Germany, you open the tap and you drink the water and that's how like everybody does that. Yeah. Um, how is it for you? What, what, what kind of water do you drink? I hear yeah, drink, uh, the brand's called Keren is basically spring water that's filtered. Uh -huh. So it's less particles per million. I have a TDS, total dissolves, um, something, <laughs> something to measure. So it's more distilled than most of the springs here mm -hmm. but it's not at some point i was into distilled water especially after drink after reading a man's higher consciousness and where i'm at at the moment is i think distilled water is amazing it's just pure water um can you share a little bit about distilled water because i think yeah. for many people there's this misconception that it's toxic and that it will, it will kill you and something okay well distilled water is just water that you boil yeah and then goes back into uh, it's water form, so it doesn't have any minerals. Oh. Like when, when water goes into springs, in the ground it collects some minerals. Um, is that good? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and so uh, yeah, distilled water is totally fine. I've, I've seen people who have been drinking it for forty years; they look very healthy. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, uh, I've followed people who drink good spring waters for 40 years and they look very healthy. So that's where I'm at. Is this a water is great? Mm -hmm. Spring water is great. When I fasted, I used rainwater, which is actually, it's kind of a sim, like the problem with distilled is boiled. So then we, from the paradigm more energetical, because mm -hmm. I mean, those two paradigms, I mean, the physical and the mm -hmm. more spiritual energetical. And energetically, there's something that feels um, a bit violent with boiling and then it comes back. Okay. It, it feels to me that it loses prana. Okay. When God does it through the the water evaporating, it's not boiling. The seas and boilings so is way more gentle. And then it comes back through the clouds in rain. Mm -hmm. And if it's not polluted, most like something that has very low particles, like very close to distilled water. But that's not through a boiling process. So the same as... So distilled water gets, tree? gets boiled. Hmm? Distilled water gets distilled boiled. Distilled water usually yeah, it gets boiled because because uh -huh. um, otherwise it would take what does happens on the ocean is it takes like days and days to get your water evaporating if you don't boil it right. Uh -huh. So you want to boil it, 
And to me, it's a little bit similar to, um, you know, fruit on a tree gets the sun for months and that's how it's kind of, it's not really a cooking process, but it's, I like to joke that it's almost slow cooked by the sun. And and then we it's take like things and we cook them. <laughs> yeah. And then we take things and we cook them because we want to cook them in 10 minutes. It's not the same. So I've, I've been feeling a bit the same with distilled. I think it's totally fine to drink distilled. But the place I was at for fasting, they had rainwater uh, stored in clay tanks. So there was a little bit of clay. And then I put it in a jar with shungad, which removes EMF and cleans energetically. And then I put them on a glass and there was sacred geometry and blessings. So I tried to make it this way. But I think they're all fine. Like they collected the rainwater? Yeah, they collected a big water tank. Wow. So they do at that, um, at that place. But in my everyday life, if, if I come here, if you give me... Um, Balian's okay, but like Karen or good spring water, I'll have it. Um, if you give me distilled, I'll, I'll have it. Mm -hmm. uh, reverse osmosis and stuff, I might. But uh, yeah, of course, if you if I live in Paris, I wouldn't drink the tap water. I come with my water here because most of Balinese, they drink aqua, and I believe this fluoride, I don't want to yeah. drink that. So I'm a little bit picky, but I'm not like crazy and want distilled the spring. Yeah, yeah. But that's that's so good that you mentioned it, especially like here in Bali, um, because obviously you cannot you cannot drink the the tap water, and then they are selling these like twenty liter gallons. And for me, it's like two things. It's first of all the the quality of the water is like really bad. And for years and years, when I came to Bali, I was always drinking this kind of water. And now over the past months, the more sensitive I got, and the less of it I drank. Now, when I'm drinking it, it tastes really bad. Mm. Have you noticed that? Which water? The, the aqua. Oh yeah. When I when I when I get a sip of it, it tastes re it, it tastes like dead, and it tastes like metal, and I just don't want to drink it. Yeah. And I think this is something that maybe maybe everybody like who's drinking still like regular tap water in in regions of the world where that is possible. Try that out. Don't drink it. Drink distilled water, fruit juice, whatever, and then try it again. Maybe you will have the same experience. I really sense, wow, it's yeah, it's off. It's that's always the best advice: is to be curious and to experiment and to uh, take a break or something and go back to it and have that understanding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hilton Otima says, like the two his two recommended main sources of water are rainwater in regions that are not polluted which is of course if you're living in paris and you connect your <laughs> rainwater i don't know how, how how good of a quality that is or in berlin or in new york or wherever you're living in the big city but that's 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 why i love his work because it's it's so integrated he basically says and it, i know it's a very contro controversial uh claim but he basically says if you want to live like a really good he even says like a, a perfect life and perfect health You need to get rid of everything that is that is standing between you and this perfect health. And he's uh, health. And he says, what is standing between uh, you and the perfect health is everything that we call civilization, <laughs> like cities, like the way we eat, uh, the way we the way we like sit in cars and in front of laptops all day and uh, live in sleep in closed in closed rooms where the air quality is bad and toxic relationships and basically if you if you zoom out we need to we need to question all the areas of our lives when we dive into that and that's why it's tricky because going back to the beliefs and 
I mean, in some people's con perception, that's totally who I'm at. Uh, <laughs> I don't think it is, but this is like feeling that everything is around to like kill you, basically. Then it's like you're driving, there's a bit of pollution, and like, oh no, I'm gonna die. And uh, there was a bit of, uh, I don't know, the tomatoes were cleaned with aqua water in the restaurant. And of course, not my preference. I don't clean my vegetables, clean my vegetables with better water. But yeah. if it's going to happen, like, let it slide, you know, yeah. and, and not being too strict because then that very belief is going to be yeah. way more harmful than the actual thing. And it's just not nice to live in a world where you feel everything is there to, yeah. uh, at, like, is, is going to be bad for your health. Yeah. Around. Yeah. I, I totally agree with your point. And at the same time, like there is you can you can you can you can be mistaken on the side of uh okay, I, I worry too much and that's why I have a shitty existence because my carrot was not organic. <laughs> But at the same time you can be on the other side of if I believe everything is good, then everything is good. Yeah. And then I can eat the then I can eat the candy and the pizza. And whatever, and it's it's good because I believe it's good. Yeah, I think it's it's an invitation to uh, to find your balance. But um, so I'm strongly uh, I'm right now strongly on the on the trajectory of really becoming aware of the impact of everything around me and feeling. It's something that for the past years when I was living in Bali, I didn't feel, but now. When I'm taking a scooter ride to Denpasar to the to the to the main city to get something like at, a couple of weeks ago, I got my headphones repaired and I went there. I was sitting on the scooter for an hour in huge traffic, and the, I came back and I was really exhausted mm. because I felt the bad air quality because of everything that's got, that was going on, and I didn't feel that in the past. And of course, I don't serve myself with sitting at home for three days and uh, judging myself why don't why why did you went there and so on and so on and at the same time how can asking myself the question how can i create a life more and more where i'm not doing that yeah. and when i'm doing that when the carrots are being washed with the uh, when the tomatoes are being washed with the bad quality of water it's okay but i want to move more and more in the direction where does where this uh, this thing happens like less and less often And, and I'm laughing because now I'm telling you this, but I imagine like my partner or friends of mine hearing this yeah. and, and be like, like, like they find me so obsessed because I'm actually doing exactly what you're talking about, you know, but yeah. again, it's like, it's a perspective because maybe to me right now in that conversation, you might be the, the mirror of myself that goes yeah. even a little bit more into that purity, yeah. but then The very thing you say is yeah. the thing I say to yeah. people who are a little bit yeah. into that, yeah. and I'm totally, I'm totally doing that. You know, yeah. I want to grow my fruits. I'm very intentional about what I put in my body, who I have around me, all in league. So yeah, yeah. I, I think the it all comes down to the awareness that we are on the journey, and of course, it's about improvement, it's about alignment, it's about purification, and. It's about patience and it's about giving yourself the time and not being hard on yourself and still recognizing, hey, maybe maybe I have a couple of thousand of years left. I don't need to I don't need to rush anything. Yeah. How is that for you? Like because many people and I, I know that for myself, when you go into Robbie and when you go into like more and more 
pure kind of feeding your body. Are there any like cravings that you have for food where you, where your mind tells you, oh, that's not good for you, but your body is like, oh, I want to have that, or I want to have more than I, I maybe I'm full after six bananas, but they taste so good, that's why I eat ten, and then in the at the later I'm like, oh, well, maybe that was too much. Like, how, how, where are you on this on this right now? Yeah, for me, it's been a very natural evolution uh, from having things I would crave and then crave less and less and stop. Um, starting with the things like smoking cigarettes and drinking alcohol, which I used to do in big quantities, and eating at McDonald's, these kind of things. So these things were the first ones to be removed. And, and then became the coffee and then became the animal product and... And then uh, today, one of my judgments on myself might be like, yeah, I had a few too many bananas. No. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, there, there was, that was too many nuts. Uh, what if? Um, on cooked food or these kind of things. So the thing I've noticed in my quite steady evolution on my food journey is there are things, uh, coffee is a really good example. I, I started needing a, quite a bit of discipline. I, I used to have like maybe two or three, three, maybe four coffees a day, like two to four coffees a day when I was working in Australia. And then I got into the idea that it wouldn't be good for me. It was the caffeine. It was mine, but also body-based. I could feel I needed that kick all the time for energy. So I reduced and I uh, required some discipline. And at some point when I was here in Bali, I would go maybe once a week, Uh, and then it became once a month, and I'd go to Luwatu, I'd have a good surf. I was like, hey, you know what? I deserve the good coffee. I'd go to Suka and have my espresso. Um, and one day I was coming back from my surf. I was like, oh, I can have a nice coffee. And I was like, actually, yeah, I don't want a coffee. Mm. And, uh, and a year and a half ago was my last coffee. I was surfing in Sumbawa. I was like, had been three months, maybe. I was like, yeah, I'll try again. And I tried and... Was it good? What, wasn't it good, like taste-wise, or was it delicious? But your body sensed it's it's not good for you. You know, like some of it was nice, like the smell was nice. Taste uh, was okay, but not so good. The feeling of drinking it wasn't so good. And going three times to the bathroom you know, in the ten minutes following wasn't so good. And the feeling of agitation from the caffeine uh, so good. Uh, And I'm more sensitive to a lot of the things. And now it comes with things like salts and oils and, you know, that can be a raw vegan, not salt, but to yeah. me, that's part of the things that I don't tolerate as much. So I do have some cravings, but I like, I mean, when I fasted, I had that somewhere, I don't, wouldn't call it a craving. It was more like a mind fantasy. Like it's like day now of the fast and like, I'm like, oh, I want a hand. So ham was grilled <laughs> with pickled, like, you know, pickled cucumbers and <laughs> vinegar. But that's totally emotional and memory that's coming. <laughs> and sometimes you say when you fast, actually, there's the, the consciousness of the, maybe the things that were stored in your body. Oh, you did the enema and then the ham. Yeah. This, wow. So it's hard to know exactly really? what it is, but it could yeah. be. And it wasn't something I really wanted. It was just like some kind of fantasy from the kind of meals I would have in France, yeah. my family. So I d now my cravings would be more like 
okay if we had like vegan cheese there it would be like I'd have a beat and then I'm like ah oh, yeah I want a bit more and yeah. and then I'd eat a bit too much and I feel I would feel like oh, okay that was a little bit too much yeah. I really try to uh, to truly feel my body and to go to with what the body wants not in a bullshit approach like oh my body wants a, yeah. a bag of cookie I don't think your body wants that bro um, but but like really, okay, maybe now, like for example, I can I label myself mainly as raw vegan, but I, if I go to a restaurant, I'm like, oh, that feels really nice to have uh, steamed vegetables. I have steamed vegetables and I enjoy them, and I, yeah. I won't feel guilty about it. Yeah, yeah, that's so beautiful how you're how you're putting that because the like my journey is is and, and just before that, the only thing I'm a little bit more strict on from the mind is the. Um, the thing that um, creates suffering. So, for example, uh, fat trading, factory farm. Got it. Got it. Got, got it. But it's interesting. Like, I never had cravings of, of animal products after eating raw vegan. It's so interesting. Like, no cheese, no, 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 like, dairy. Nothing. The only craving that I had from the beginning on when I was eating raw vegan was bread. Bread was, for me, was such, German. such a hard one. It was, I always, always like, oh, I want to have a sandwich right now. Oh, that would be, that would be so good with avocado and everything. Um, bread was hard, but I substituted bread with, with nuts. And I, in the beginning, I ate a lot of nuts. Well, not for me too. But how is it now? Because now to me, it feels quite really dry. Yeah. yeah. I have like no craving at all for, for bread. No. Yeah. I had, when I told you with the coffee, I had the same, there's a vegan bakery in Ubud. Oh, the banana... Madis Banana Flower Cafe. I was, at first, I was like having those chocolate croissants. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. yeah. You would say it was like once a week, once a month. Yeah. I don't even think about it. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, I, lo I love the journey of trial and error. Like these stories with the, with the coconut meat at, at night or whatever. I think that's when you can, um, when you can approach your journey with, with the tolerance for, for, trying things out and afterwards realizing with like with your coffee you were three months without coffee and then after the surf you had the coffee yeah. and you were like ah oh, okay actually that's not so good and see that as a, as a success see that as okay nice wow i made an experience um because it can be it can be so hard uh, it can be so it, it feels like self-love yeah you know to me it really feels like self-love when yeah. i listen to the body and give it and maybe self-love sometimes is having a steamed carrot yeah 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 it's, yeah, it's a constant discovery and trying, trying something out and trying something out, out and sensing, does it work? Does it not work? And it's different from, from time to time. But the longer I'm on the journey, the more my body really appreciates that, like for literally for me, there is like nothing better than just before you, before you arrived, I had a papaya that was growing. Like next door on the property, I harvested it myself four days ago. And since, since I harvested it, every morning I got up, I went to the kitchen and I was looking at this papaya. Is it already ripe? Oh no, let's, let's have it sit. Let's, 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 let's leave it for, for one more day. And then one more day and then one more day. And today I was like, okay, now the papaya is perfect. And I, I opened it and I put my spoon in it and I tried it. And it was the best thing I've ever had in my life, this papaya. Um, but that's something you can only really appreciate after quite 
some steps on the journey because before you compare the papaya, the papaya with the chocolate candy bar, and of course, it's not as sweet because the taste buds are yeah. are adjusted to something different. Lower stimulation. Yeah, yeah. But for me, like now, the papaya is the highest stimulation ever. It's so sweet, and then the the seeds are like are like a little bit a little bit like bitter and uh, and spicy, and the ah, it's so good. So now you can imagine um, after fourteen days on water. When what was the first one you ate after the 14th? Was it yes, the property I was on, they were growing papayas. So I got that papaya from a tree that was ripe, I think it was the day before. It had a hole already because the bats had started. So yeah. that's the sign when you need to take yeah. papaya off the tree. Yeah. And kept it in my room for like 24 hours, knowing it was the chosen one. Oh. And then had a, just a tiny bit because the appetite takes a few days to come back. Uh-huh. Uh, but yeah, it was... Um, it's going to be part of the documentary oh, to see me have the most incredible gratitude for that piece of papaya and, and life giving us that sweetness. Uh, the water I was drinking tasted really sweet towards the end. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Wow, I can so imagine. I can so imagine. I want to see the documentary. Mm. Brother, there's the, something I'm curious about is um, is your... If something you're willing to talk about is your um, the, your ex partner, the mother of your child, yeah. also on that yeah. vegan and or raw vegan path, and how does it play also with your child? Because I know that can be a, a tricky topic. It's one thing to be with a partner and be like, okay, you do what you want and do what you want, f- find things. But then, how are we gonna feed the child? Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Of, of course, I'd love to talk about that. One one thing, yeah. um, one thing before I think. Even if, uh, even if you're not having children together, um, I strongly sense that the more space you share with another human being, be it in a relationship, be it with your parents when you're living at home or whatever, like every frequency that is around you has an impact on you. And when you are like sharing intimate space with each other, it has a strong impact on you. So that's something that I get more and more, more and more sensitive. Um, and that's why it was really hard because when we when we got together, she was she was vegan since two years or something. I don't I don't remember. And it was always clear for us that we are eating eating vegan together. And then after three weeks of us being together, she was pregnant. <laughs> and because of because of the changes in her body, she had such strong cravings for uh, non-vegan things for seafood a lot of craving for seafood um and a couple of other things and then when she had like a strong craving i was googling okay what is what, what are the ingredients of seafood and pregnancy and what do you need ah and then i i i said to her oh you can have some almonds instead then have the same ingredients <laughs> oh one i read okay oh, i have some spinach <laughs> and she was like fuck you i don't want to see almonds i want to have seafood <laughs> We were actually we were in France. Um, we were in France, uh, south of France, and uh, we're like surfing, and there's like seafood everywhere. And then one one day she was like, "We need to go to the seafood place." And uh, I was I was I was going with her and then checking the menu and saw that there's literally not not one item on the menu that I could eat as a vegan. There was like nothing. And then we said, "Okay, let's check out another seafood place." And then we found the seafood place, and they had. Uh, what was that? I think a curry or 
something really unusual like they had a vegan menu and there was just like one dish and I was okay let's let's go to this and you have this big seafood plate and I I eat my curry and uh, after afterwards it was so interesting she enjoyed eating this two-person seafood platter but afterwards when we were at home she was regretting it so much because she felt like it's it's so bad for her body and at the same time like this ethical uh, ethical things and uh, yeah she really really regretted it but still during the pregnancy she ate like animal products every now and then because she felt it's 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 necessary and for me it was hard it was hard because I th I like in her body our son was developing and being nourished by the food that I wouldn't put in my body but knowing that he will be nourished by that and it was it was it was hard but at the same time yeah what what can I do if I judge her if I like force her to anything that's 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 even even worse so I was like okay you do your thing and you make your experiences and then after the birth um, I thought like okay she nourished this human being inside her body and then she can go back to Robbie uh, she can go back to vegan but she didn't want to and now she's like basically eating eating regular diet um, when we uh, spend time together she likes eating eating vegan things as well or when we are at Sayuri's she likes the raw vegan salmon sandwich so much but then at the same time she sometimes eats the cheeseburger with french fries and um, uh, it was difficult for me during the during the relationship because I sensed that it's both not good for me and not good for her and not good for our son and at the same time who am I to 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 judge that she's on her path and that was especially difficult for me because of because of because of Lionel of course because when when uh, when when he's with when he's with her and they're having like breakfast at a at a restaurant and she's having the the chocolate croissant and then she's giving a little bit, a little piece of of that to Lionel, and I, I say like, "Hey, that's not good for his body." And she's like, "It's only a small piece." And then I'm, "Yeah, but still," and it's an invitation for me to 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 let go. But the beautiful thing is that Lionel's body always tells us what is good for him or not. I told the story with the dates. There are so many different stories when. Uh, they were they were eating out and then she had a lentil curry vegan lentil curry and she was feeding him the lentil curry and then he had like diarrhea for the next two days because of the lentil curry because when he's with me then he's having jackfruit for for dinner or coconut meat or whatever so his body is still so pure that always tells like what is what is what is what is right and what is what is off and um i i see myself in the position of just observing what is happening and sharing that with her and uh and then i said to her hey when i picked him up from from your place then he was not feeling well and his nose was running and da 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 da, da. and then after three days his energy was on fire and his nose was not running anymore and we had this for dinner hey uh, that's my suggestion let's let's feed him in a raw vegan way and and that totally resonates with her and she's trying to more and more um, put a focus on that for him, um, and that's beautiful to see. And you you begin your question with with do you think she's on she's on this path as well or not? I think she's totally on this path. I think one day she will she will nourish her body maybe in the same way that I'm doing it, but not now. 
and that's a that's a journey, and that's fine. When I compare that to how I, how I ate like the majority of my life, I was eating way worse, and I'm still okay, and I'm still thriving, and I'm still uh, still yeah feeling good. And I think it's a journey, um, and it's it's always it always comes down to finding this balance of pushing because you you realize that some things are better for your body and some things are worse, and at the same time like. I would say pushing with patience. That's what I what I try to what I try to do. Like really, really move in the direction, but not being tense and not judging like neither myself or or somebody else. It's beautiful that you did your best to stay in a place of acceptance. Yeah, yeah. But sure, um, with children, it gets more and more more and more difficult. Like even thinking about giving him to a some kind of kindergarten with no normal kids who are for lunch having things that I wouldn't wouldn't give him and he's super curious and he goes there and he wants to try everything and when some of the other children has a candy bar he wants to try the candy bar and then it's not good for his body and that's what I said earlier for me like the only the only sensible thing is reinventing all areas of your life and <laughs> building a beautiful community in the middle of of of, of nature and uh yeah doing almost everything everything differently and create a safe space where that is easy where the papayas are growing next door when i would live in paris or in berlin of course i would eat differently and i would nourish my body differently and i would think differently and um yeah it needs a it needs a paradigm shift that's what what's becoming more and more obvious for me where we came here that's why we came here <laughs> super excited for everything that will unfold you know Besides everything that we just talked about, what is something that is really alive in in yourself right now? What is what is really present? Is there anything that you want to dive in? Yeah, what's really present for me at the moment? Because I'm in a I'm in a space which I feel we're aligning on of that um, kind of Shiva space of purifying the body, purifying the mind through meditation. Um, taking a lot of time and um, and for me it coincides with my partner being away for two and a half months, being in Europe and being the most active I've uh, traveling and being social and partying and she's also like in our lifestyle so it's not the hardcore parties and all that but still a, a more stimulated um, life and yeah, it's been it's been a question for me of where, you know, and anyway, I don't need to answer it. I just need to follow life and be in the present moment. But what's alive for me is feeling into how good I feel in that space of centeredness and calm versus how beautiful life is also to be social and dance and relax. And yeah, maybe like, Maybe let's stay up until 2 a.m. and sing. Not like getting drunk and stuff, but like, okay, we had a bit of cacao and sing medicine songs until 1 a.m. Yeah. Uh, or, or, yeah, go to ecstatic dance a bit later. Or go to Sayuri's and have a little bit too much food. And like, I think that's been, um, I've been experiencing some of the death of those things. And I'm <laughs> interested in, yeah, how, what life brings to me in terms of, um, yeah, you know, am I going to, towards more of that discipline, knowing that I'm 
I know my path is under one of them. Doesn't you feel like discipline? That's interesting. No, it doesn't actually. For me neither. It doesn't, but um, part of me is is a little bit resistant to letting go of something. Mm-hmm. So, for example, um, we're talking a lot about the food. Is like, yeah. how sensitive am I going to eat? Is it going to be that now if I have a bit too much coconut flesh, I feel bad? Is it going to be that? Now I can't go to Moxa with my partner and walk with everything they have on the menu and a bit too salty, too oily, too cheap, cooked to this. Yeah. Is it going to be that I, it makes it really hard to travel because I don't want to be in an airport, I don't want to be on a plane and being sprayed with whatever. And yeah. Am I going to be able to survive in Paris? All these things. So yeah. tuning into like... That purity doesn't feel like discipline, mm-hmm. but it does feel it's like, like a an alien, an alienation yeah. process yeah. with with some of the things I'm yeah. maybe not ready to let go of. Yeah, yeah. So that's been a life for me. Yeah. Answers. Yes. What's that? Yeah, that's something that uh, I'm really pondering. Um, yep, I think the the longer you you continue to to stay on your path towards consciousness and towards like questioning questioning reality and making adjustments that feel that feel more aligned for you the less compatible you are with standard reality um that's totally true and that's why we're excited about building the new reality right yeah. because yeah Ultimately, we want community, we yeah. want to fit in, yeah. but we don't want to co- compromise yeah. our purity for yeah. That's such a big one because, like, we are social animals. We we thrive when we are, I think, no, like, the best papaya in the world, like, homegrown, organic, whatever, is nothing against a real deep, meaningful conversation and a, and a big hug and being together. <laughs> <laughs> so try and put that after to it some Okay, it has some advantages. <laughs> but of course, what really nourishes us like long term, because the papaya is, is finished after 15 minutes, because like what really nourishes us is these deep connections with people who are yeah. completely, completely, completely aligned with you. And then, Yeah, I mean, again, like to me, it's, I don't know, I'm not saying it's better or something, but actually a lot of my very deep relationship are also with nature, mm. with the sun and with, yeah. a, with a papaya. It was a love thing. Yeah. It was a love making. <laughs> I can totally relate, like picking this papaya and then waiting for four days every morning, like, is it today? No, it's not today. No, we <laughs> Will we have a day tomorrow? Okay, no, maybe actually, the day after. I actually let the papaya choose the end of my dress. So like when you're ready... So if it took a day more to be ready, um, I would have fasted another day. If it took you four should... more days, <laughs> you would have guy. chosen it ah. Papaya, you're not the chosen one anymore. You should write a book about she that. Could have, she could have extended a day or something. <laughs> but anyway, without, without comparing, I totally agree. I'm a social person and, and it's really important to me. Yeah. Yeah. 
and yeah that's that's uh like in the beginning when i when i started eating raw vegan i um i was still in the social setting uh, of the like i would say old me i was still like going going out with my friends playing football partying playstation whatever and uh, i was still drinking in the beginning i was still drinking al uh, alcohol like one once or twice a week and uh then there trying was... not to be extreme <laughs> i was like I, i enjoy that and just because i changed my diet maybe do i need to give this up maybe not and then i was like okay before i could drink a lot and now i don't i cannot drink a lot because my body eats is so pure and then i had a lot of a lot of like nuts before we went out just to be able to finish like two cocktails and yeah it was that crazy. cocktail raw <laughs> maybe not but then but then we, I, i had i had one one evening with my brother and uh we were like okay okay let's 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 do something crazy we make a raw vegan smoothie with mango and pineapple and then we put some like different alcohols in it and then it, it is it is more healthy it could be like a blend of both worlds and, but yeah um so i strongly sense that the longer i'm on this journey the less compatible i'm with like ordinary reality and um i do i had this idea of a of a cocktail bar with like a vodka chia seed and blueberry <laughs> turmeric healthy i think there's anyway. there's definitely a target group for that um there's definitely a target group. it you could you could uh you could create different stages like you could uh you could have this like vodka Uh, cranberry chia seeds and blueberry and then when you when you continue longer on this path and you don't drink alcohol you can just change the vodka to like more papaya and then you have a yeah yeah um okay yeah, yeah more kale and then in the end it's just uh water <laughs> the end stage um maybe just air yeah just air. she is your glass on air <laughs> And like and some yeah. and some places in the world when where they would like sell clean like mountain air couple of days ago when I when I did my hike to Mount Patucaro and I was breathing the air like in 2300 meters of altitude when I woke up in the morning after my two hours of sleep and then sitting in meditation and breathing oh, the quality of the air it was it was it was tremendous and then a couple of days later we went to to Jakarta to the to the capital we because we had an appointment at the embassy and we stayed at a hotel mm -hmm. and It was so crazy. I woke up in the morning. My nose was fully blocked. I was, I had, I felt like I cannot breathe because the air was so stagnant. Of course, there was an air condition, but we couldn't turn on the air condition because it was so, so bad quality and so loud. And still, like air condition is not, is not beneficial for your body. But there was, I, I really sensed that in this big city, I cannot breathe properly um, compared to. This is something something else that Hotema uh, talks about a lot about like the the quality of air being so much higher in higher altitude regions. Um, a couple of months ago, when we uh, traveled to Europe, we stayed for a couple of weeks in in Austria, and I really like the Alps and like hiking there and the, the air quality. Bali is perfect, but like this fresh mountain air is is beautiful. Mm -hmm. That's why I enjoy. Like There's mountains here too. There, yeah, yeah. as you said sure. in Batucaro. Yeah, yeah. Batucaro was uh, like the one place right now for really building something is over there because the the nature is so lush and uh, they are growing like all these great organic farms where you can order. They are like in this region. Um, yeah. 
but yeah, how did we arrive at this point? Uh, yeah, losing losing compatible compatibility with with current reality, and that's um, recently I dove into the work of Daniel Schmachterberger, and he he talks a lot about what we because everybody is asking the question, what do we need to change in order to to change the world? Everybody's looking for okay, maybe we need this, maybe we need to fight climate change, maybe we need everybody needs to uh, go on psychedelics in order to to awaken uh, maybe everybody needs to change their diet maybe we need to like rescue uh, dolphins whatever but he says we need change on three different levels um he talks about the the infrastructure and the social structure and the superstructure the infrastructure being being things like um like really like physical physical things that's that surround us like for example the the kind of houses that we inhabit um and the the infrastructure being Things like 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 governance or how we set up our companies and the superstructures, our beliefs like religion, spirituality, and so on. And when we only change something on one of these different dimensions, it falls short of creating the change that we're looking for because it's too one-sided. We cannot. And and I think like the topic that we are discussing is trying to trying to evolve into your highest version in the old infrastructure setting maybe a bad idea like imagine living in the middle of paris or in jakarta and trying to become a breatharian i think it's it's not a good idea it's not a good idea because uh maybe you will you will die instantly because because of the bad quality of air because you've gotten so sensitive yeah. and your body can't tolerate that um so i think we need changes on all three levels in order to make it work and there's totally different paths on this. I was actually really surprised some of the, at least on the more influencer YouTube thing, uh -huh. a lot of the fruitarian, the big fruitarians with the following, they're actually in big cities. Really? Um, yeah. yeah. Like Eli Marty, Fremont Society is in, in Canada. And there's like a few in the US, like okay. Brian Mirabella in New York. Really? They're living in... And, and also a city. Wow. Yeah. And also a friend of mine told me after his fast, he could eat cashews, which he couldn't eat before. So sometimes okay. it allows to hear something that makes you able to eat something. Interesting. But there's a, um, yeah, there's different path. Interesting. Sure. Maybe. I think, I think it's about, it's, it, that's an, that's a very interesting question. I think, um, in a certain way the more you come into alignment with yourself and the more you like your body develops real like strength the more you can tolerate and in another way the less you can tolerate so i would say like regarding food the more pure i get the less i can tolerate food that is not good for me um but like the some person uh, on the street yelling at me and being angry at me or whatever, I can, I I have this feeling that the more I come into alignment with me, the better I can the better I can um, handle or deal with emotions of other people because I'm more like centered inside myself and that's what in, in this in this dimension I would feel that. Uh, it's 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 possible for me to to handle more. Yeah. But what really, what really, yes, like 
it really comes into my body, like the air or the or the, or the food or the water, there I become less mm. less tolerant. It's like how, how we become sensitive enough that we can track these things and yeah. smart about it and yeah. notice them, and at the same time, uh, not be so sensitive that it destroys us straight yeah. away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's an interesting dilemma. I think that has a lot of uh, a lot to do with um, with your with your spiritual connection because I you can you can you can change your diet and you can change the way you treat your body. But still be purely in this yeah. three-dimensional world, um, and, I, yeah. and maybe one thing. And then I'm curious, what you want to say? Um, but for me, the whole magic unfolds when we develop, when we when we bring these two worlds together. Yeah. Um, because recently, I watched a documentary about the the Vietnamese uh, teacher Thich Nhat Hanh, and he. Um, he he built this beautiful monastery in in France, um, and he was living there in nature and really like beautiful setting. And then they traveled to New York City. Uh, have Have you watched it? Yeah. The little story. Then they traveled to New York City, and um, because they said we want to we want to make this more accessible to more people, and then he was being on big stages and talking, and he he wanted to spread this. And from what I have witnessed. This doesn't have have any effect on him. Like being in a subway on or breathing this bad quality of air, or being in contact with all these people who are in surge and who are lost and whatever, because he was so centered within himself, he could have he could he could live there. I would really say, yeah, but but alchemizing, yeah. But because of his like really strong spiritual connection, I think that is that is that is really possible. But I think he cannot thrive on eating cheeseburgers every mm. night. I think this won't be possible no matter how strong your spiritual connection is, but I don't know. I don't I think it's, it's possible, but I think it requires a, a very very high level of alchemy, which in a way like they would be weirdly compatible. Why would you do that? Yeah. Yeah. Um, um Yeah it was I just know people around me in the raw vegan community sometimes they feel so sensitive to many things and uh, it's their gift too it's beautiful but for me it's not attractive right now I'm not I feel like oh okay uh, there's a 4G tower 100 meter from here so I can't live here and you know that, that's perfect for, for them but like I'm trying also to build that yeah. that alchemy yeah. like okay 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 I can travel okay I can have yeah. a can hold the phone in my hand and yeah. it's okay yeah. kind of things yeah. that might change yeah um, one thing I wanted to rebound on also is Daniel Schumerberger so. <laughs> I've, I've I've listened to him a few years ago as he was on River Wisdom and uh, from what I remember really brilliant like but quite intellectual and and um, uh, yeah, it's intri- I, I think it's really interesting what he shares and I'd love to listen about it. But I can tell you the first thing that popped in my mind, you, you said how you can change the world is to me the first thing that comes is change yourself. Yeah. And I was reminded of how living here in Bali, um, in a way I'm totally externally creating the new product. Like I'm, I'm very aware of how the old paradigm is and what we create, but I'm also aware of how much I already live in the new product. And I've never eaten 
so much organic fruit and I've never had so many conscious people around me. And I've never had a, if you go on the full year, breathe so much pure air as I do. And I've done all the things that, so many of the things that are like you part, I'm, I'm already living them, right? And so it's an interesting balance of creating that new world and realizing that it's always been there and it's just been waiting for your consciousness to tune into that frequency. Yeah. And it's all, always an interesting dance of creating and manifesting and at the same time just realizing that it's already there and you're ready for it. Yeah. That's well said. That's really well said. I think I think we can get lost in the search in the search for the answer and um, be a lifelong seeker and still don't find what we are what we are really seeking because we are always seeking on the outside and like I think many people in this like let's change the world and let's do something and a lot of that is still driven by we need to fix something on the outside, like the big corporations, they need to change. We need to change the economic system. We need to change this. We need to change that and COVID. And you can get like so lost in so many like external things. Um, while at the same time, what you said, like the, the, the new paradigm is accessible just in the way you treat yourself and you be and you like, you can... Even if you're living in the worst possible conditions, you can start your day with a one-hour meditation. It's possible. You can just do that. You can just fast. You don't need anything to fast. So, and and look at um, if I look at my life, for example, just very simply, if I don't like, watch the news or things like this, yeah. um, the the world around me is pretty vegan. Like my household, we eat raw vegan. If I go somewhere socially in Ubud, we go to the vegan restaurants. We go to Sayuri's, to Zest. And, and, and so that well, yeah, is already there. And there's a lot of other things, but because we want the food yeah. that have shifted um, this way. Yeah. But there's one thing that I was, that I would question, I think that, and on this point, I really love uh, Daniel Schmachtenberger's work because he's really, um, really precise on question like the impact of everything that you're doing like asking yourself the question the house that you're living in right now with uh like built that with which kind of energy um how did these people like nourish their bodies were they happy while they built the house like all they might have sacrificed the chicken they like to do here all the materials um, like really really questioning the effects of everything that you're doing like traveling by plane and uh, uh, driving around with a scooter uh, and even like I have an electric scooter but even there like okay the electric scooter the batteries were built with some like rare earth minerals is that even better than a than a gasoline scooter, I don't know. Um, of course, it would be better to just walk, but yeah. then if we would just walk, we couldn't have met because we, yeah, we, I don't know, three-hour walk or whatever. Your bed. It's 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 a process, and at the same time, I'm 
what really intrigues me right now is really questioning, questioning a lot. And uh, um, yeah, questioning, uh, questioning a lot. What's 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 really what's really going on? Um, but see that as a as a beautiful dance that will ultimately bring you to the to the place that's that belongs and that create that causes the less less harm and creates the most beauty and still acknowledging that we are living fundamentally in a world that is not aligned with our with our well-being like imagine imagine like uh, there would not be a need for hopping on a scooter for 30 minutes so that we can meet each other because we would live in houses that we build by ourselves with our own hands and we harvested the bamboo just just yeah. by ourselves and then we built this house and we grew the papaya we could live a we could live a life that is would be in more in alignment with ourselves and of course with the with the whole ecosystem and then we could use something like the podcast to share that and to inspire people in Canada to to maybe do the same or maybe we'll become so sensitive that we can't even hold a phone in our hands without freaking out and then we don't share that and somebody visits us and they share that and who don't know how uh, uh, who, who knows how to how will everything will play out but yeah we are on the journey and we um yeah so yeah we came for the mission but we also came for the journey yeah right? yeah uh, that's how i see it so i mean we'll be uh, we'll do that at some point but there's no rush yeah please we came for the journey yeah. the journey to get there it's like yeah yeah i love um is a kind of a metaphor. I think it's from Alan Watts about the dream. Mm. Like, if you were to dream a life every night, and uh, I have a remix with a song that I would love to listen. If you would dream your life, like your first, let's say you dream 75 years of life, the first time you dream all the things you want, and it's all perfect, you know? And then you do that again, again, again. And then one night you'll be like, okay, I'll add a little surprise. Uh -huh. And then you'd become more and more adventurous uh -huh. as you go through the dream. So this, the universe brings a little adventures and things get a bit more complicated. So you need things to resolve. And at the end, you'd end up where you are now, which is the perfect player for theory. And, um, and of course, we all have also have one that. Mm. It's interesting to live with that paradox. Mm of building something mm -hmm. that we know and we know it's perfect that we don't have it now. Mm. <laughs> yeah. And in a funny way, through us letting go of these attachments and letting go of our impatience may result in these things manifesting sooner. Mm. I, I strongly feel that. I strongly feel that. The more I come into peace with what is really here right now, the more doors open and the the quicker things things develop. And that's so crazy. That's so crazy. Our mind is always like, okay, these ten step agendas and like, how can I? How? Anyway, <laughs> I need to share one story. Um, uh, maybe you're familiar with um, with uh, uh, Tom Billio. He he founded Impact Impact Theory, and he's one of the like big big uh, guys and like interviewing all these people and and um pushing beautiful message and at the same time i i sense that um he's he's still like in in be between the worlds and uh he was posting something a couple of days ago 
and he was posting this question of how can you how can you accomplish your five year plans in the next five months? And he said like uh, the one thing that you need to let go of uh, is patience because patience makes you uh, makes you uh, makes you too slow and you really need to go for it and da da da. Now's the time and you need to hustle and so on. And he posted that on. Um, um, I think it was on, on YouTube. Nowadays you can post like text posts on YouTube. I was really confused. But anyway, and then the first comment, which had the most likes, like, I don't know, 500 likes, somebody said uh, uh, along the lines of, um, yeah, that sounds nice, but uh, uh, I have the strong feeling that in a, in a couple of months or in a couple of years, you will actually really post a different message because you realize that it's about patience and then everything will unfold and this whole notion that we are talking about surrender and so on and so on and so on and um, this post that he posted I think a couple of years ago I could have posted the same and now I, 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 I would not post it now I would spread a different message because now I, I realize like it's not about making things happen it's about allowing things to happen and to 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 put yourself into the into into the flow of life and that's so interesting that it's a it's a it's a collective journey it's a it's a collective journey here and this yeah and that flow of, of life i'd love to add something which is that doesn't mean being passive yeah 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 which is because people can see that okay so you meditate some people, it's their gift. They become monks. They meditate all day. It's perfect. But yeah. um, so, for example, that was one of the message of surrender of ayahuasca from, mm. which was one of the message was that surrender and flow doesn't mean being passive. Sometimes, actually, she sometimes gave me, and and life in general gives me flow of inspiration where I'm like, okay, my surrender yeah. to the flow is to yeah. Maybe build that company, record that podcast, do that thing. Hustle, <laughs> hustle for a year, maybe you know. Yeah. You can still hustle in surrender because you feel the universe through you. Yeah. And um, have you read through the Surrender Experiment by Michael Sayers? You know the book. Yeah, I love this book so much because it really shows, like he's all in on this philosophy, and at the same time, he built a billion-dollar company. Exactly. He built a billion-dollar company in the tech space, and I'm pretty sure that there were a lot of a lot of occasions where things were happening that was they were really challenging for him because he was like meditating in the morning for an hour and then in the afternoon and in between he was dealing with some kind of nerds who were trying to get things to happen and whatever but he says like this is your this is your journey life calls you into a into a direction and it's easy to just be connected with yourself and be aligned if you're meditating all day the whole day but when you're really d dealing with things in the physical world then it's this is your this is your growth potential. This is your playground. Can you be in surrender when uh, you get your company gets sued from your biggest co uh, competitor? Can you get sued when I uh, can you can you be in surrender when you when you're almost going to jail? I don't want to spoil the book. Read the book. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's very beautiful. That's very very beautiful um, to see the outside world as an invitation to discover more of who you are and to let go of any kind of resistances any clinging any i need this but like okay yeah if you approach entrepreneurship in this way i think you can be really really successful without needing the success because then the the the, the path is clear 
and yeah. that's 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 beautiful exactly yeah sometimes there's the bypass and like okay so i do nothing yeah yeah for me personally when i say i do nothing like not not a single day passes before i'm so full of inspiration that i want to do certain things because i'm like okay i'm i'm so full my cup is full i'm recharged i feed my body with with nourishing food and then meditate and then sleep well and i'm in nature okay now let's <laughs> let's rest play. let's play let's build something let's 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 make an impact but not because i need it but just because i i want to share i want to play i want to like consciousness wants to wants to wants to experience itself in relationship in business in parenting in building your house and in, in doing things that's why we are here for yeah yeah but with the un with the underlying assumption of this is not what it's about mm. yeah oh is there anything else you want to add this feels like a really good conclusion oh, yeah. yes yeah. i mean it, of course there's a lot of other things we can and will talk about yeah uh yeah it feels, feels very beautiful for now like i love that um yeah to conclude i, I love that you invited me here on Like your terms are a little bit more flowy, like without preparing necessarily something or like an even topic. Yeah. And uh, it was amazing. Yeah, it was beautiful show. <laughs> Thank you so much for accepting my invitation. Looking forward to future creations. And um, yeah, I enjoyed the journey. I enjoyed the journey a lot. It inspired me. And uh, it gives me a lot of gratitude that we have met. And um that we are at the beginning of something beautiful that will unfold. So thank you.